Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to The Spilled Tea, your place for the latest on pop culture, entertainment news, and LGBT issues. Now, here are your hosts. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of The Spilled Tea. I'm your host, Demi Morgan, and just waiting for Joe to show up. I wanted to let you all know before he shows up, you can go to um, the Spilled Tea PC on Instagram or Facebook, and you can also visit Miss Emmy Morgan, MS Emmy Morgan, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and check out the last post. In that, you will see a um, link well, it's not on Instagram, but you can go to our um, bios. Joe and I actually last Tuesday did an interview with James Lott Jr., the head of the network for Forever and a Day, where I'm writing, um, where I'm writing on, the, on that writing staff. James did a nice little interview with us. I, was la- I will admit I was late to the interview. Apologies a thousand times to both Joe and James and to the listeners. Um, I was 15 minutes late, um, but I apologize for that. But, yeah, it's a nice little interview, uh, myself and Joe. We just kind of dove a little bit deeper into our friendship. The reason why it was different was because, um, and I think Joe can attest, the reason why it was a little bit different, it was a third party asking us questions where Joe and I are so close to um, ourselves that we can't, like, tell everything, you know? Um, wouldn't you agree, Joe? I would definitely agree, and I think that's a, a big part of why it was actually, um, I think it was actually helpful to have that conversation yeah. with James. It was eye-opening. And it, and it was like, it's so weird to say this after 30-plus years of knowing this guy, but I feel like I found out more about him, which is just the weirdest thing. I feel like, I don't know, not that I, I claim to know everything about him, but I just feel like I, I know a little bit more about your story, and it made me think a little bit more about your side of things as well. Um, but, yeah, it was, um, it was a good conversation. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think I, that's actually ironically my uh, my brother and my sister were up, um, and they just mm-hmm. left. And I Aww. ironically had a very similar experience because it's the first time that mm-hmm. my sister has met my my wife, and yeah. it's also um, the first time that my brother, my sister, and I have been together in the same place. And I can't even For tell you how long, probably almost two years. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you know, having that third party there. And I mm-hmm. use third party because I consider like between me and my siblings, even though there's three of us, um, the third party is having my wife there who isn't as familiar yeah. with that interplay and that the interactions between us acts as that right. kind of uh, facilitator in the conversation like James was. So it's, it's very funny how that happens, how that works in a, a conversation. I'm so mad I wasn't there. I love James. So amazing. <laughs> I don't know Kathy too well. 
But what I remember of her is that she was nice. She was just very matter of fact. But I love James. Love, love, love James. James is like, um, his personality is ridiculous. He is so awesome. Um, Yeah. He and I are like Facebook besties. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I... uh, I just came out of that, that interview like, wow, I didn't even think of that, you know? And even during the conversation, I brought up something that I think it's important for me to repeat on this show. I cannot even imagine knowing who and what I am. Like, you know what? I actually can. I can imagine it especially with my mask on during this uh, pandemic. I'm not clocked as much as being trans. It's more like, oh, can I help you, man? Whereas I see other trans people and I'm like, and you can tell that people are clocking them and people are treating them a little bit differently. And I almost want to say, you know, I'm trans and you're treating me just fine. So why are you treating that person? rudely and it's kind of like being Joe like being a light skinned mixed race person hearing racist stuff about black people and you're almost like dude you realize that I'm mixed race right but you're white passing or presenting I should say not passing the, the term passing makes me think that you're trying to hide who you are and you're not um, and I just hate that term, passing, um, white presenting. So I, I can't even imagine, like, hearing racist stuff and then being like, dude, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, so. It's very, interesting. That was very interesting. It, it was kind of made very, me a little um, sad for you. Well, it, it's, it's always been it's and it's always a kind of a like I said it's always been a gift and a curse. You you have mm-hmm. this insight that most people don't have. They don't have the ability mm-hmm. to both feel genuinely injured when you see something that is racist happening, to feel genuinely mm-hmm. affected by something, but also to not really feel the effects of it. Um, you know, mm-hmm. not many people have, and I can't say that it's not many people because there are plenty of people that do, um, but it's a, a, such a strange line to be able to walk both sides of that and say, well, you know, I, it genuinely pains me to see this kind of behavior, but am I really mm-hmm. that hurt by it? Not really, mm-hmm. not really, because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm insulated by, you know, by the fact that I'm mixed and no one would be able to, no one would be the wiser if I didn't, if I didn't literally say anything. Um, yeah, James was shocked. Time. James was shocked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the he other part, shocked. the other side of that is that um, you also have a, such greater access to people in their genuine feelings towards, mm-hmm. you know, towards race. Um, you, you have mm-hmm. such a greater access to at least the white side of that. Um, but I'm never going to have that access to the black side of it because people will always judge me based on my appearance the other way as well. I don't, they probably will never feel that they could ever truly trust me as an ally in that sense because of that in a lot of, in a lot of situations. And I shouldn't, again, I don't want to generalize and say that everyone will feel that way, but um, 
but right. just like it's easy to trust someone because they're basing it on something as simple as your appearance, it also goes the other mm-hmm. way, that those same people that require that trust to feel the solidarity based on appearance, you don't have it. Well, all I know, Joe, is that you invited to the cookout. I have a plate for you already. I have your Kool-Aid just <laughs> how you like. Don't you worry, boo. We got you hooked up. <laughs> don't I appreciate worry, it. don't worry. Yeah, you're, you're invited to all our family cookouts. Don't worry. Actually, Good. my family would freaking love you. I'm not even going to joke. My cousin, Falba, would be obsessed with you. Oh, my God, you look like Derek Jeter. <laughs> Anybody tell you that? That's the first thing she's going to say. I guarantee it. Guarantee it. Yeah. No, he's never heard of it, Falba. He's never heard that he looks like Derek Jeter his whole life. Never heard. <laughs> Yeah, I've also I've also <laughs> never heard what you talk about, Willis. Oh, of course, right. Never heard of that one either. <laughs> so original. Um, right? Yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, you're invited to my family cookouts too. You trust me. There's um, Thanks. you know, there's more. I think it'd be a little always, bit different, uh, though. Don't you think? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. There's no raisins no. in the potato salad. Okay. Nah. Yeah. Maybe. Mm. No. I think it'll okay. be all right. I'll still go. I'll still go. Just because James there. <laughs> Not really for you. Just because James there. <laughs> all right. Fair um, enough. Let's get into it. Uh, we can talk about a couple topics back to back because they kind of coincide with each other. First, Massachusetts has um, changed. Well, they've announced in line with the federal mask restrictions that Mask restrictions are lifted here. Now, there's a caveat. You don't have to wear your mask outside. You don't have to wear your mask in public buildings. But private places like stores, restaurants, if they require you to wear a mask, just like they require you to wear shirt, shoes, and pants for service, they still require you to wear a mask. There's nothing you can do to get around that. You have to follow their rules. Um, I'm, I was watching, um, this is the first time ever in my life, by the way, this whole year, that I've ever watched the governor's speeches. Uh, but I've watched every speech that he's had, and he said basically we'll probably be back to some sort of normality by August of this year. Yep. Um, what do you think about these mass restrictions, and these are for fully vaccinated people, by the way. So that there's the caveat that I think is probably the most important mm-hmm. when you're talking when you're talking about a group of people that have to be vaccinated in order to receive these benefits. I think right. that's a that's that's just such a such a tease. It's just such a I tease like to everybody else. Um, mm-hmm. But. I think it's hard with the CDC making such a snap judgment and announcement on how they were going to be handling the mask mandate. I think it's hard mm-hmm. for states to hold on much longer without coming up with some kind of guidance or something that will ease some of the, the, the pain of what people have been dealing with for the past year. Um, and I think, you know, for states that are more restrictive like Massachusetts, you know, mm-hmm. Charlie Baker's in a tough spot. You know, he's mm-hmm. I think he's tried to follow the science. He's tried to say, you know, I'm doing what I'm what I'm doing based on 
you know, a consensus. It's not just what I think. I've got these key business owners that are also involved in the conversation. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I think it comes down to, you know, how much longer can one state hold out when you're surrounded by states that, regardless of the fact that they're much smaller in population or population density, Mm-hmm. They're all saying, "Hey, listen, it's time. We got to change. We got to move on. We got to move forward." And you're the only one. You can't. It's not going to work. I like that when he says stuff. He says, "Okay, so this is based on like he he bases it on the science. He's not basing it like you said on his personal feelings. He's basing it on the fact that Massachusetts COVID numbers are going down. The fact that most people are getting vaccinated. My question is, how the fuck are we supposed to know who's vaccinated and who's not? I can carry my well, card around, which is fine, but people are starting to make fake cards. Like, And that's the other part I don't know. of it. We're, we're at a point now where people are also doing things, you know, and now they're saying, oh, yeah, we're going to work on the honor system. Oh, oh really? Is that, is that <laughs> what we're going to do now? Because that's, that's worked where, so well in the past. Because that's where we've right. had so much success up until this point, right. was that every American right. was concerned about every other American. So, yeah, that, right. that, that, that's, that's why we, it's taken us over a year to even get some semblance of control back because the mm-hmm. honor system has I, been just doing a bang-up job. I'm excited for kids because I can't, like, I can barely breathe when I'm in the store. And I'm doing the mask. I, first of all, that mask gets me all sweaty. And, and I start to sweat, like, everywhere, not just on my face. And by the time I'm out of the store, I'm just like, ugh, that was horrible. I can only imagine what it's like for kids. Yeah, so, so let me ask you a serious question. Go ahead. I, I want to ask you this because I actually – this is a serious question that I asked um, my stepdaughter. And I've, I've asked people – is it really that much harder to breathe? Um, and be honest. So I'll be 100% honest. Explain why. Yes. Um, I think I might be claustrophobic and I didn't know it. Because when I start to wear that mask, I start to breathe heavier. And it's like my glasses steam up. I'm breathing heavier. I start to sweat. I, I'll be 100% honest. It is hard. But I do it and I don't complain about it. And I'm fully wow. vaccinated. Okay. I still wear my damn mask. I, I, do, I do think I'm part claustrophobic. I, I'll be honest. I, I really, yeah. But, um, yeah, I still wear my mask. I don't care. Um, people don't know that I'm fully vaccinated. They don't know. How are they going to know? And I don't want them looking at me like I'm some fucking Karen. So I'm wearing my mask. I don't, until the mask restriction is lifted completely, Fully vaccinated or not, I'm wearing my mask. Period. Yeah. Yeah. And because I'll, I'll what if I get another strand? Too. Right. Like, what if another strand comes for people that are fully vaccinated? I don't want to catch that. I got shit to do. So yeah. Well, you know what the weird thing is? We're we're mm-hmm. we're probably at the point right now where, um. You know, we've we've we're over just over a third of all Americans have received both doses. They're fully vaccinated, or they've received the single mm-hmm. dose, Johnson and Johnson, mm-hmm. to fully vaccinate them. And we're still at a mm-hmm. point where 
you know, over a third, even, even hitting that number, I don't feel any more confident for others. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. that I don't feel okay for myself. I don't feel more confident mm-hmm. for others, other people that might Me potentially either. be affected. Mm-hmm. Agreed. But um, um, that's also the difference. We're concerned right. about others. <laughs> well, most people aren't. Speaking of an individual that isn't, um, ah, poor Ricky Schroeder. Bless his little oh, heart. Ricky. Oh, Ricky. <laughs> First, he was in the news Come because on, he paid, hell, I don't know where he got the money, but he helped pay for the defense, no, the bail, sorry, the bail of Kyle Rittenhouse who killed two people, um, 17-year-old that killed two people, now he's at Costco making a stink because Costco has said, and the work, he, Ricky recorded it, the worker on video said, yes, is mandating, is saying we, can, we don't have to wear masks, but Costco is taking the extra step and letting their customers know you still have to wear a mask. He explained it perfectly. He didn't get pissed at him. He didn't talk down to him. Ricky was belligerently stupid. And I don't know if that's a term, but it should be. This man was not listening to reason. And that's what I have a problem with, with MAGA and anti-vaxxers. They don't, they care about their issue, but they don't want to hear anybody else's. And so Ricky's just sitting there like, yeah, this guy's wrong, and I want my money back. Money back for what? Like, what do you... What, you what like you your doing? Costco membership, or like... Uh, oh, like, that's what, what are you was. talking he wanted about. His Costco membership. Yes, it was his Costco membership he wanted back. Dude, uh, they don't want okay. your, like, 40 bucks or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they don't the want, manager came out with a mask, and she's like, here you go. And he's like, so you're the manager? You gave me my money back? She's like, yep, bye. <laughs> It yeah. was so awesome. Ricky Schroeder. It was awesome. <laughs> that Go is ahead. not the epitome of silver spoons. <laughs> ah! That is hysterical. Joe did it. Joe did it. <laughs> oh. That's right out there with what you talk about, Willis. Why did you do that? Why I had to. It had that? to be. Come on. Yeah, it had to be it done. Was <laughs> it was funny. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, this Oh, well, also, geez. just to let you know, Ricky Schroeder was also arrested in the past for domestic violence. He's now divorced from that woman. So he's not that great of a guy. Um, yeah. So, Ricky Schroeder, just stay home, please. Stay home, boo Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, um the privilege of it all. It's the privilege for me. Speaking well, of there you have it. privilege, um, Ellen's ending her show at season 19. Um, Crazy, right? Yeah, I just, I don't know why. It's, uh, yeah. Um, I caught some of the interview, not the whole interview. I'm going to go watch it. But um, the parts that I did watch, and I want to talk about it even though it's completely out of context now, and I feel bad that it's out of context, but 
for Ellen. First of all, Ellen seemed super aggressive in that interview with Samantha Guthrie. She seemed super aggressive. I get she was probably doing comedy or whatever, but number one, her message has always been be kind to one another. So for her to come out and say, well, the show's not challenging enough anymore for me. So being kind isn't challenging enough? Huh? Like, she had people on that she changed their lives. She had an audience member that was there. And the audience member ended up being someone that she considered a friend. The audience member had cancer, died, and she dedicated a chair to this woman. That's not challenging enough to change someone's life. Whether I like Ellen or not, she's changed lives. So for her to say something yeah, oh, like that absolutely. was a complete insult and disgusting. Um, thing that she said was, I didn't know that the backstage was, was as toxic as it was. Bitch, shut the fuck up. Yes, you did. You just looked the other way. Did you um, end up watching the interview? I did not. And okay. well, what are your one, thoughts on all this? Well, I'm, first of all, I'm a little blown away that she would go out at this point in her in her game. Um, mm-hmm. I think, especially you know, especially having survived the you know the pandemic largely you know mm-hmm. intact, having you know a, a solid market share, a great viewership. Mm-hmm. She's had some unbelievable guests and segments over the past year too. And to mm-hmm. go out now, now that we're finally starting to see some daylight or getting much closer to that, like that daylight point, to just completely just, I don't want to say jump ship, because I mean, I'm certain that she obviously has her reasons and they're wholly justified, mm-hmm. but it's just crazy to me that someone would would leave at a time where there's going to be so much opportunity for great conversations and great mm-hmm. dialogue that could use a little bit of humor sprinkled in. Right. And her viewership was very good. I think over a million or something like that. Which yeah. shouldn't matter, to be honest with you. No. Whatever. No, not at all. It shouldn't matter. And, you know, that's the thing. Like, she was always able to add levity to situations and humor to situations mm-hmm. where, you know, you could you could take even a tough conversation and she would – she would be able to break it down in a way that, um, you know, it's just, there was just a very human element to how she approached conversations. Well, people, I don't know if you know about this one, but people are saying that Dakota Johnson was the one that threw the first, um, that hit the first nail in her coffin. Did you see that interview with Dakota Johnson? I did. And that was extremely (laughs) uncomfortable. That was that was so fucking hilarious. Like, I'm glad it happened. I was watching it, and I'm like, did she just call Ellen out? And she totally did. She to- that was brutal. for Dakota. That was like, well, Ellen lied. I'm not going to sit there. And she's make- she tried to make Dakota look stupid. And I don't blame Dakota. Yeah. I would have done the same fucking thing. Wouldn't you have? Yeah. Yeah, I, of course I know I you would. I that know was, you would. That was clutch. She came out of nowhere on that too. <laughs> for, for people that don't know, so here's what happened. A couple years ago, Dakota Johnson turned 30, and she came on Ellen's show, and she had been a guest on Ellen's show before, 
so Ellen's like, you know, how was your party? I wasn't invited. And Dakota's like, uh, yeah, you were. And she's like, no, I wasn't. She's like, yeah, I invited you in front of everybody. You can ask this person, this person. She went off. And she's like, well, why didn't I go? And Dakota goes, I don't know. I actually didn't even think you liked me. She's like, what? You've been on the show before. She's like, yeah, I know. Totally called Ellen out. It was so amazing. I loved every second of it. And I want to say this. I have no idea, but why hasn't Henry Cavill ever been on Ellen? I tried to look up certain celebrities, and Henry Cavill has never been on Ellen, ever. I don't get why. What did he do? Is he just too hot for her or something? Like, that's, that has to be it. That's, that's, that's what I was thinking um, before you said it. You're such an app. <laughs> Anyways, um, can't see Andrew. So Liz Cheney got voted out as the conference chair of the RNC. I still don't understand what that means. Is she part of the party? Please, I'm going to pull a Sharon Osbourne. Educate me. Um, all right, so the the short story is, in the House of Representatives, mm-hmm. there's essentially a hierarchy of the, uh, the, the people that have say in how things yep. work. So let's say if you're the, you know, the, the, set, the first of all of the Republicans on one side, yep. um, if, you, if your party takes power, that makes you Speaker of the House. That's why Nancy Pelosi okay. is who she is, because she is the the number one Democrat in the House. And basically that's the, you have a vote of confidence amongst your peers. They say, okay, this person is the one we expect to be able to push our agenda forward and we trust them to make all the, you know, the, the kind of the, the inconsequential or, or, you know, the, the decisions that, you know, that we just want to entrust to somebody to be able to make without us having to have a, a, a two-hour meeting about them. It's like being in a jury pool and having one lead juror, basically. Exactly, exactly. Okay. So each party has their own. And basically, you know, if you're the number two, that means that in case Nancy Pelosi isn't around or there's something that Mm -hmm. she's not available for, this person could step in or there's there's Mm -hmm. a – Right. There's a there's a, a hierarchy in case there's some urgent need to have that person, you know, replaced or whatever the case is. Um, and right. Liz Cheney is the number three in that ranking system on the House side, or at oh, least she was okay. earlier this week. So because mm-hmm. the Republicans had lost control of the House, the speaker position now goes over to the Democrats. So it's not to say that there isn't any power, there isn't any benefit to being involved in that hierarchy. It's just that now with the, the, the Democrats in power in the, in the House, it doesn't, it doesn't give them as much power over you know, how, how the votes go and um, what the process looks like. So anyway, the bottom line is she was number three. Kevin McCarthy was number one, who was also a house uh, who's a rep from California ironically where Pelosi's mm-hmm. from and yeah this was a political this is a political play 100% it was a political play 
They didn't like her because, number, number one, she voted for Trump's impeachment. And number two, she condemned the insurrection. Is that correct or accurate? Um, yes. In, in, a, in a broad sense, it's yeah. probably more that she will not toe the party line with all yeah. the Trumplicans. Um, um, I thought know, he was going to go of away. What they talk- he, didn't he say he was going to go away like if he lost? I thought he said that. Yeah, hmm. but... Weird. Why pick? Why pick now to start listening and believing him? <laughs> I know, right? You know, true. true. Um, another question I have. So basically, she just stood up and said, "I am a Republican, but I just don't agree with the the MAGA," which is fair. Um, why hasn't Marjorie? Taylor Green been canceled by them then. Oh, she's she's just crazy enough to make it appealing. Because she actually on video stalked AOC and like defiled her um, sign-in book. And when I mean defiled, some of the things that she was writing was like the most immature stuff I've ever seen. And she's banging on her door saying, I'm attacked paying American. I pay your salary. So wait, hang on, hang on. You, the representative, pay another representative's salary? What? Um, I'm the mother of three kids. I deserve an answer. Sit all the way down, Karen, please. How is she not canceled? She's, like, embarrassing. She's so embarrassing. Yeah, but... You also have to take that into consideration that this is somebody who is literally copying Trump's playbook verbatim. This is not just uh, this is this is not just a, a, a one-off incident or some some uh, attempt at you know just trying to um, you know trying to just get a 15 minutes. Like she's going all in because she has copied his playbook verbatim. Every outrageous act that Trump, Trump has done or outrageous thing that he has said, she will try to mirror it in any way that she can. And you've seen it. You've seen it throughout her campaign you know, before. Um, you've seen it in, in uh, you know, the videos that you, if you watch her online and her campaign speeches before she was even elected. Um, all of those things are, you know, they're, they're part and parcel with, the behavior of, of somebody that has um, that's taken advantage of that, you know, that spotlight that that's, that gets shown because of, you know, assimilating with his playbook. That's doing exactly what he does, saying outrageous things so, and getting getting on TV. If Trump's outrageousness and all that stuff worked for a second term, I can understand why she would want to emulate him. But he's been banished to Florida. No one really sees him unless he speaks out. Why would you follow the playbook of a loser? Like, and I'm not saying he's a loser, like, as, like, a pejorative. I'm saying, like, he he literally lost an election. He's a loser. Like, literally. So why would you follow the playbook of somebody like that. Like, that's the wrong person to emulate. 
I know. Yeah, I'm but confused. It's, but it's by not. It. It's not because if you think about back, if you think back in the early 2000s, well, mid, uh, probably right around, right around the time that um, you know that the market collapsed and we had a, you know a huge mm-hmm. economic downturn, um, when the when the Tea Party became the the gravitational pull of the of the right and had essentially hijacked the entire Republican Party, um, it was a similar situation, even though. Tea Party Republicans were insistent that they were so concerned about fiscal restraint and less mm-hmm. government overreach and all of these things. What it did to the party was drag it further to the right. And in doing so, regardless of how much of that remains, because clearly they're not concerned about fiscal restraint. I mean, they just gave a massive tax cut, most of it going to corporations that lowers the amount of money that's coming into the government. And at the same time, they continue to beef up the defense spending. And if defense spending is something that's increasing, there's no way that they're going to be able to do that without increasing the deficit. And so anyway, all of those things aside, the Tea Party succeeded in pulling the party to the right. And that is exactly what... Trumpism has done is it, you know as things start to gravitate more towards reasonable rational thought he pulls it whether it's a mm. comment or a tweet or whatever it is he pulls it further over to the side of craziness and mm-hmm. you know, ludicrous public speaking that he that he has has championed and therefore anyone using his playbook is going to do the same thing and the reason why is because it keeps you in the news cycle longer than the, the traditional story about something or some, you know, someone's, you know, uh, attempt to to write a bill or to pass legislation. Like no one gives a crap about that stuff. What they do care about is sensationalist nonsense, like her chasing down a fellow member of the house mm-hmm. and acting like a lunatic ex-girlfriend. <laughs> Joe talks from experience. <laughs> <laughs> I have a little bit of a, a little bit of PTSD, in, but yeah, I can tell. Um, that was <laughs> in, like watching that video. I'm like, holy shit, she's. Lo-. Do you know what the first thought I had? And maybe it's because I value my friendships so much. I thought, who are her friends? Like, why aren't they? Imagine if you saw me doing that, what would be the first thing that you would do? If you saw me doing a video like that, what would be the first thing I you would do? It would be an intervention, first of all. <laughs> see? See? Uh, That's what I don't get. <laughs> I, um, we got to have a fucking talk. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't understand. How, how do people like this get away with it? Her husband's not saying anything to her. Maybe her husband's got to be scared the shit of her. Like, like I said, it's a crazy ex-girlfriend. Imagine what she does. Imagine living with that. Like, if she's chasing somebody around the halls of Congress, imagine what she's doing (laughs) at home. Oh, wait, hold on. I just got a thought. What if she's totally? What if this is all an act? What if she's totally different? You think it is? This is totally an act, but that doesn't mean you don't use the same shtick in other situations. Um, true. It is totally an act. Yeah, I just, I, I, I can't. Ugh. 
and it's funny when Kanye West's mom passed away and he went crazy and he jumped on stage and Terrence was and stuff. I was like, who are his friends? Who are his people? Because I know if I was Kanye's friend, I'd be like, whoa, partner, hold up. Hold up. You need to sit your skinny ass down. Like, I just, I don't know. I don't know. <sighs> um, it's maybe Joe needs to just be yeah. friends with Marjorie. You need to just be friends she with her. No, we don't, uh-huh. we don't see eye to eye. No? We don't, okay. no, no. Well, you could guide her, Joe. You're, you're really good. No? Do you no. think someone like that wants to be guided? I guess that's the other part of it. <laughs> you know, aside from no, having, like, you know, having, having Trump on speed dial, like, what guidance do you think mm. she wants from anybody right now? She knows how it's working. She's been in the news for weeks and weeks and weeks since the election because she's so effing nuts that people love to write stories about her. Despite the fact of how nuts she is, people are like, yeah, you know what? We should talk about this. We should talk about how crazy this – we have a crazy person wandering the halls chasing down U.S. House, House of Representatives members. Um, yeah, let's, let's do that. Let's, let's have that conversation. Let's, let's, let's follow this news story. She is a woman who could be out there doing so good. You know, and I just don't understand why she's wasting her opportunity with clickbait behavior. I don't get it. She could be doing so much more. When she passes away, we're going to remember this shit. Not anything that she's ever done. If she's done any good, no one's going to know. It's going to be buried because of this shit. Saying there's only two genders, male and female. Sweetie, no, that's those are sexes, not genders, you dumbass. Like, she's just she making herself look like a parody of what women should be like in that position. And you got Liz what Cheney. What anyone should be like, yeah. Anyone, yes, period. But you got Liz Cheney, who I'm sure she was doing good for her party, but because she spoke up and was like, hey, you're veering off course, you're out. And then you got Marjorie, who's that shit crazy and you're like eh, you can stay it's fine don't worry how are they not embarrassed by her I, well and that, and that i think is that's the challenge of the republican party right now is that traditionally after losing a presidential election like they did you know the mm-hmm. the the hope is that they would return in the subsequent election which is a midterm, and potentially pick up a couple of seats in the House, you know, perhaps mm. pick up a special election in the Senate or another Senate. Like, that's the hope. The hope is that you have those tables turned. But the more crazy shit that you have happening mm-hmm. in the Republican Party, the harder it is for them to be a counterbalance. And that's really what having the two-party system should allow for, is a counterbalance. But if, if you're talking about, like, one side that's just so crazy – that you got half of those mm-hmm. people saying, listen, you know, my crazy uncle, he's, he, he's even crazy for this family. Like, we can't even have mm-hmm. him over Christmas. Like, if you're at that point, you've got to do some soul searching. But that, that's, you know, that's mm-hmm. not happening. It's not happening not. because they're, they're, in this weird, they're in this weird limbo where they can't figure out what to do because of the mm-hmm. amount of, of sway that Trump still holds over the party itself. 
speaking of his hold, he actually has a hold of Paul, what was his name, Paul Gosar, um, who feels that Ashley Babbitt was executed. Um, mm. Does he know what the term execution means? Does he, like, understand um, it or is he just throwing it out there to be shocking? Is he doing the playbook like Marjorie? Yeah. It I mean, did, sounds like are you, are you talking about Trump? Well, so this guy, Paul Gosar, he's MAGA, completely MAGA. He agrees with Trump, yeah, oh like, yeah. 75 or 80, like, something hot. No, maybe it's in the 90s. He's agreed with Trump throughout the line. Um, Ashley Babbitt, the insurrectionist that was killed by the Capitol Police as she was breaching the Capitol, um, he's saying that she was executed, not killed. Right. Saying, get this, I believe it's him. Um, Yeah, they were just coming in. They weren't, like, doing anything bad. They they weren't like doing anything like they 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 were just walking in and looking around. What? Yeah, that, that that's been like a video? huge narrative. That's been a huge narrative is and uh, uh, I think uh, unfortunately like people have people buy into this crap. Like like what we saw in video was not somehow like accurate in our own minds. Right. Watching people smashing windows and crushing cops behind our under objects and smashing Capitol police with objects, like attacking them with flags. Like we didn't see that. Like somehow our minds have created this alternate memory. (laughs) Right. But, but at the end of the day, you still have people that believe, even though Mm -hmm. that this is what they have witnessed that, yeah, you're, Mm -hmm. you know, they were just there peacefully. What is peaceful about smashing in the windows to the Capitol building? What is peaceful about having a noose and saying, get tense? What is peaceful about putting your, your feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk while you have a taser, taser rod on your hip? That's not peaceful. Like what? Yeah, I mean... I- I show up to I, I show up thinking, and that's the problem. Like, you can sell this narrative, and there are a lot of people that are going to buy it because they believe that they still believe that the election is stolen, and that's sure. that's fine if you want to believe that, but it doesn't make it reality. You, you, I mean, you can believe whatever you want. You can believe in the tooth fairy if you want. It doesn't mean right. that everyone else has to, or that that is reality. And that's the problem is that it doesn't matter anymore to a certain group of people because whether mm-hmm. it's the reality that you believe or the reality that they believe, that there's this argument that somehow they are equivalent, that somehow that your, the reality that's based on actual reality is still is no more important than the reality that they have, which is based purely on these fabricated or completely unintelligible benchmarks that aren't even you know that that aren't even logical in any way shape or form so how do you argue with that how do you debate the matrix um you wake them up (laughs) give them that red pill um yeah right but they're they're Uh, that's the problem they're they're saying i know you're telling me that i'm in the matrix and i need to wake up and but that's what you're not getting you're the one who's in the matrix 
<laughs> right. 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 Like, how do you debate um, with somebody like that? I hate debating people who just simply say stuff like that. No, no, I'm not in the matrix. You're in the matrix. No, I'm not a bad person. You're a bad person. No, I'm not a jerk. You're a jerk. I hate that type of debate. I can't talk to people like that. I come, when I'm debating somebody, I come with examples. I come with, uh, oh, I'm sure you might think this, but this is this. Like, I come prepared. When someone just sits there and says, well, I don't believe you just, I, I just don't think it's right. What, what did I prepare for? Why did I do all this preparation if you're not even going to debate me? I, I just, I can't, I get frustrated and I walk away from people like that. My mother's like that. And, that, with you and, I hate and it. that is exactly what happens when you got <laughs> shitheads running around saying Ashley Babbitt was executed. Like, that's the same thing as right. you said, saying, like, dude, you're in the Matrix. What are you talking about? Like, it's not me. <laughs> she was executed. How could you not see that? But it's plain as the nose on your face. Right. They were there peacefully. Um, they were walking around the hallways. They were cheering. They were happy. There was no – like, everybody was cool there. And, I, like, the police were fine with them being there. Like, what are you talking right. about? You're the one in the Matrix. There was no, there was no <laughs> insurrection. Why would you even use that word? That's such a, a ridiculous <laughs> – like – they weren't opening the Joe's door for the police. They weren't crushing them behind it. But that's right. what I'm saying. Like that's the, but that's the yeah. QAnon bullshit. That's that's what these people are saying. That's what they believe, and they look at you like you're the crazy one, crushing oh. police behind doors and like smashing them with with Trump flags. It doesn't mean that mm-hmm. they're Trump supporters, and it doesn't mean that it was violent. It just means that. Whatever they say is right, and whatever you say is wrong. You forgot. That's all thing. The people that were doing that, Joe, were Antifa and Black Lives Matters. Correct. Even though there wasn't yeah. one black person there. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm like, sure there, were, the black there were black people. I'm sure there I'm were. Sure, but but they I'll tell you what. Camera. Yeah, you know what? That's exactly it. They're like, they're not going in that building. They're like, nah, dude, these, these crackers are crazy. You see what they're doing over there? They broke, in the, they broke the window. You know they're going to shoot me first. I'm not going in there. Yep. I know it. You let them I do it. Uh, let's wait and see what happens. They were like, you know what? I'm on your side, but at the end of the day, I'm still the N-word to them if they get pissed. Um, yeah. Like they're not, like they're gonna the let thing. they're gonna let white people go act a fool. They're gonna let white people act mm-hmm. a fool and bust yep. down that place and like you know <laughs> and they'll have to control it. To, but if you know if you see a bunch of black people in there, forget it. Yeah. You think you think yeah. and you think you think Trump wouldn't have been calling people in to save the day? they have been like, yeah, no, no, yeah. we got to get help there now. Look at there's there's the black yeah. people are in there too now. It's it's terrible. Mm. Mm-hmm. Thug, thug with thug. Um, reading headline last week that kind of irked me. They said Bill Gates and Melinda Gates' kids are getting $10 million each in Bill and Melinda's divorce settlement. And that sounds kind of funny, right? Like, when you read that, you're like, what the fuck? Is, what? Why are the kids getting money when they're the ones not getting divorced? Like, I don't understand. Yeah, um, part of the divorce settlement was that when Bill and Melinda passed, 
each of those kids gets $10 million. They're donated. They signed this thing called, um, I'm going off by memory because I forgot to write it down. A bunch of billionaires have this pledge where they're donating like a portion or half of their fortunes to charity. So that's what Bill and Melinda are doing. Um, So when they were coming up with their divorce agreement, they put in that, you know, when we pass away, our kids each get $10 million. Um, Bill is the richest man. Well, wait, is he? No, Jeff Bezos is. He's one of the richest yeah. men in the world. Why? You got to help me out with this. Why is it? So I'm going to be real honest. My goal in life is to be the first transgender billionaire. When I become a billionaire, I'm going to, hopefully by that time I have kids, I've adopted kids, I'm going to ensure that my kids are taken care of for the rest of their lives. Not that they have to work, uh, not that they don't have to work, excuse me, but I want them to have good lives. Why is it that so many billionaires say, oh, I'm not leaving my fortune to my kids because they'll squander it. Who did they raise? Like, if you had a billion dollars, wouldn't you give Anthony some money? Yeah, like, but here's I, the I thing. Like, you're, you're, you, you think that after, you're di- after you die, your finger is still on the scale, and it's not. And, and that's part mm-hmm. of the problem. So there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's like this common thing about most generational wealth is gone by the third generation. So... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like if you became a billionaire, you're talking about maybe that fortune lasting a subsequent three generations before it was completely squandered by the subsequent generations. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things, and this has become like a very common thing, I think um, Warren Buffett's doing it, um, mm-hmm. George Soros. You know how they talk about like George Soros is like this terrible guy, like he's doing it. They all are just basically spending down the majority of their wealth, and the majority yeah. of that is going towards charitable causes and different things that they feel are important uh, endeavors. Um, so, you know, I kind of get it. Like, am I going to, if you know, if I were in that position, would I leave? Yeah, I'd leave Anthony something. You know, I'd leave him some. I'd leave him something so he was never, he's never in poverty or have, would have to worry about poverty. But mm-hmm. like, what? What's that number? Is it is it a billion? I mean, cause like, you give someone a billion dollars, they're not working again another day of the rest of their life, right? They're just not. You don't, you don't know because if somebody gave if somebody gave me a billion dollars, I'm still working. Still going to do that. some things that I want to do. No, no, no. I would trust me. I have goals. I get that. I get, that part. I get that. that part. But you, but mm-hmm. see, this is what I'm saying. You would take that money and you would use it to fund your own projects that would then right. be a fulfillment of those things as opposed to right. – like it's not working if it's like, uh, you know, like uh, this is my hobby. This is what I enjoy doing. This is a passion of mine. And I'm, now I'm just mm-hmm. – instead of paying to, you know, instead of paying <clears throat> to go to – you know, whatever, paint and sip, I'm, I'm like becoming an artist, you know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's, ta- it's taking that, whatever that interest is. And now knowing that your time and energy is completely being freed up because you have right. no concern about, about money moving forward. Mm-hmm. It's called the so it's not really work. Yeah. 
um, what I was talking about before, the giving pledge. The pledge has two, 211 signatories from 23 countries. And, um, yeah, most all the billionaires on the planet have signed it. I just feel go. like I'm going to work my butt off to get this billion dollars. What am I going to do with it? I want my, I, you know what? Three generations, okay, fine, but hey, that's three generations that don't have to struggle. And maybe that third generation will get down to the bare nickel and say, you know, wait, great, great, great grandma really did a good job and I'm squandering it. I need to make her proud. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I yeah. would also put a trust fund in place where a certain amount of money is coming out of there so they're not getting it all at once. Um, I just feel like, what are you working that hard for? Just like Bill Gates, what, why did you for what, 10 straight years or something? Why were you the, the wealthiest person on the planet just to give it all away and not, not give your kids something like that's your hard earned money that you're, that you kind of want to pass on. I guess I view money differently than everybody else. I guess um, I've always had like an unhealthy relationship with money. And I feel like there are two types of people who get money. When, when you get money, you either spend it all cause you're used to being poor or you save it and do smart things with it because you never want to be poor again. And for the longest time I was the former child, I would get, that shit was gone in a day. You know, like, Mm -hmm. I don't even remember what I spent on it. Now, I actually have a savings account. I'm thinking about doing this, thinking about doing that. You know, I I know that future monies are coming. So, I'm a lot smarter about money. It's taken me a while, but... So, I guess when I hear people working their whole lives to get on a billionaire's list and then to just give it away randomly and uncommend him for giving 50%, but like not really supporting their kids. Like, I don't know. I just feel some kind of way about it. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. But it's, I mean, even you said it, you said you'd put money in a trust fund. So like there's an element of distrust involved where you're like, you know, I just, just in case someone who I raised myself and like taught them the way mm-hmm. of the world, just in case they, I start acting a fool, I want to have a check and balance. Mm-hmm. And that's all it is. I right. mean, it's just whatever your right. level of security is with the situation. You know, there's, right. there's, um, there, there's the unfortunate, you know, part of generational wealth and, you know, uh, and the, the people that have, um, that have used it improperly or have been exposed to it at a time mm-hmm. where, you know, they were, particularly vulnerable to doing really bad or dumb things with it. But um, at the end of the day, you know, you don't have control once you're gone. So it's, it's Mm. like anything, like what am I comfortable doing or giving to somebody that I'm not going to be like upset if they, you know, if they totally left this up, I'm not going to feel too bad about it. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, I agree with you. That that makes perfect sense. You know, like I'm a controlling person, so that falls in line with it. And I'll be honest with you, 
when I get my billion, you don't think I'm going to set up a trust fund for myself? I don't even trust myself because yeah. I don't, I don't want to be Michael Jackson spending three thirty million a year and wasting my whole fortune. I don't want to be that way. I want to make smart choices, and I want to show other people that it's okay to make smart choices with money. And I'm trying to have a healthy relationship with money now so that when I really make the big bucks that it won't be a huge po- a problem, you know? So that's just my thought. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else, what else we got to talk about. I think we have – oh, so I'm interested. I'm going to let you go first on this. What are your thoughts on the difference between white face and black face? Mm. All right. So I, I'm going to have to get up to, to walk around a little bit because I need to pace for this one a okay. little bit. All right. So, and, and yeah, full disclosure, like I'm a pacer, you know, when I, especially like when I get amped up or I need to talk about something that's very serious, I have to get up, I have to move, need to get the blood flowing. Mm-hmm. This is one of those things okay. I really feel like very strongly about. Okay. Black okay. face. Okay. I don't care who you mm-hmm. are. I don't care what you're doing. It, in 2021, mm-hmm. if you do it, you're a piece of shit. Full True. stop. That's all well, I got to say yeah, about it. That, that, that's it. That's the tweet. End of story. All right. White face. Okay. Yeah. Need some help here. I need some help understanding this. If you are okay. a person who dresses up in white face, like maybe the movie White Chicks, you want to use that as an example, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Wayne's mm-hmm. brothers dressed up as these two white girls, yeah. blonde hair, but whatever. All right. All right. Please explain to me what is hurtful towards white people when a black person does that. What is the history hmm. of someone dressing up as a white person? What is the history that is hurtful to white people about someone trying to pass as white? How does that hurt white hmm. people? How does that hurt someone who is white? And how does, that, uh, how does that dredge up feelings of inadequacy or hmm. feelings of, of hurt and years of, of, uh, of, of racial stereotypes. Tell me how that impacts you personally, emotionally. Tell me how someone pretending to be white has the, the type of history that you, you, want to, you want to try to even equate with blackface. It ain't even the same right. fucking planet. Um, this is why I wanted you to go first. The reason is Somebody posted on Facebook about colorism and about how Jada Pinkett Smith, her skin tone has lightened. Um, I tried to let them know as a black person, and I even did a video. Um, I did this video where I was bad baby, and I, my skin looked a little lighter, but it was just mm-hmm. my, my ring light. The next video I did, I looked darker. Again, it was my ring light. Nothing was different. I, I don't know what could have been different. Um, I tried to let him know that I didn't bleach my skin. So maybe it was the lighting. No, no, she, she's doing something with her skin. And I don't think it's right for people to do white face. If you guys, if we can't dress up as black people, you can't dress up as white people. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a what about it that we always talk about. Yes. 
yes, that's 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 what it was. He was pissed that we even went there. And at first, I was looking at him like, you know what, that might be right. But I was thinking to myself, I'm not going to make it my public opinion known until I talk to Joe about it. Because Joe has a way of explaining things. It's almost like when my friends get my opinion on things, I fill in the gaps for them. Well, Joe fills in the gaps for me. Oh, that didn't sound good, did it? Uh, I should have rethought that one. Um, Anyway, you're absolutely right, though. That makes so much sense. Because white people were laughing at the stereotypes that they had. Like, exactly. If you ask a white person, what do you think of white chicks? I don't know one white person that's offended by that. I don't. I because don't know one white be, person that's be, offended. Because, and then the follow-up would be, if they were, what would they be offended by? Please tell me what would be yeah. offensive about that portrayal. Yeah. Is it because they, they, they portray them as these stupid, blonde you know, bimbos? Well, clearly mm-hmm. the, the, the funny part about it was that these two sisters were the two that they were emulating. <laughs> yeah, they, but were. they were. <laughs> but they were these two bimbos. And, and the, 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 the fact is, is Hollywood, as well as any you know, white culture in general, has been stereotyping blonde, blue, you know, blue ha- mm-hmm. blue-eyed, blonde-haired women for... 60, 70, 80 years in cinema and in popular yeah. social media. So you want to tell me that, that white chicks is the first to do it, then be my guest. If you want to tell me that that's what mm-hmm. you're injured about, okay. If that's what you're worried about, then it ain't about white face. Don't try to tell me it's no. about white face because that's a whole different ball e- game. But when you, when you talk about black face too. versus white face. Yeah. 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 Black face versus white face. Go ahead. Sorry, I was interrupting. Yeah. Um, but, you know, to even try to equate the two as being, you know, somehow similar or both somehow equally uh, as, as offensive to a group of people, like mm-hmm. black, blackface was literally created because you couldn't, you wouldn't even have the respect enough for a black person to have them be an actor of somebody that they were mm-hmm. making fun of and doing these characters, they wouldn't even give them mm-hmm. the respect of being the actor in this own mm-hmm. parody of their own behavior. You, you right. had to paint someone's face black because even in those situations, you didn't give them the dignity or the respect to be able to portray a caricature of themselves. Like that's how disrespectful and, blackface is. And you didn't even use makeup. When you use blackface, you use black shoe polish that you put on your face. And you made your lips super red and big. You outlined your lips. And then you made the white circle around your eyes to make your eyes look big. So, yeah, yeah there's a huge they did difference between. Yes, yes. Comic books. Um, they've, done it, mm-hmm. they've done it in comic books. They've done it in, yeah. in comic strips. They've done it in, you know, yep. in, in, in advertising. You know, you're not talking yep. about something that was done uh, in, 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 a, in a sense of, of uh, you know, this was done because it was perpetuating a lot of the stereotypes about black yep. people. And those stereotypes, yep. whether you want to believe it or not, were rooted wholeheartedly in racism, in slavery, 
in antebellum mm-hmm. crazy Jim Crow America. Like, you want to tell me mm-hmm. that that is somehow the same thing? Like, white people have an equivalent or roughly equivalent experience? By all means, explain to me what the equivalent is. But that's why the whataboutism starts. The whataboutism yep. is, I, I know I have no argument to this. I know I do not have a sufficient leg to stand on to say, you know, you're probably right. That was fucked up. We fucked up. America, we fucked up. We did the wrong thing. We treated these people terribly. Like, we, have, we are coming to grips with it. And you're right. White face is not even close. It's not even the same, it's not even the same universe. You, you, you won't hear that. They will never get to that point. People will not get to that point. Instead, they will say, what you're doing is just as bad. It is not. It is not. And another thing people have been saying, I don't want to pay for my ancestors' mistakes. I don't think reparations to African Americans are okay because I'm not a racist, so why should I have to pay for what my ancestors did? That's you are a racist. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. When you say something you are like racist. that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When you make a comment like that and you blame it on this past ignorance and not – and, like, you don't want to accept the fact that there are still – there's the, the – the, there's the, the remainder. There's this lingering stench around mm-hmm. attitudes and behaviors and laws and, and, uh, and, and just the way that society has been structured across this entire country that has still not been worked out. And whether you want to say that your, you know, your grandparents or whatever, like you want to blame it on a prior generation – if you still are experiencing the fruits of that labor, then yes, you are still involved. And if you're not willing to do something about it, then yes, you are racist. I don't care if you um. point to your one black friend. I don't care if you could point to that, yeah. you know, that one time that you, know, you helped that black person cross the street. Like, I don't give a fuck about your tokenism. Get the fuck out of here right. with that. Do something real. Ooh. Own up to it Ooh. and make sure that you stop pretending like you're you – know, like 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 you're okay with uh with how things are working or you got you know you got this false claim of what's going on I'm sorry I'm I'm, I'm I'm getting all fired up let me let me stop so that's Usa. Joe when he's pissed guys just to let you know he gets fired Usa. up I I've only seen him piss like a couple times but I was I was kind of shocked because he's the funny thing about Joe is whenever you see him he's always smiling to the point where I was like, is he high or does he have gas? Like something like I couldn't figure it out for the longest time. And then I was just like, he's just a happy guy. He's just, and I just learned to accept it. So when he gets pissed, I just let him go because he normally doesn't. So let him go. Just let him have I got a little fired fine. up. Yeah. I just got, um, so every once in a while I got a little fired up. Yeah, it's fine. The last topic before we um, do the movie reviews, Eva Mendez, and shout out. <sighs> I just want to talk about it, get it over with, and then move on. How did we become a society where we were told that Josh Duggar is a child molester, that he is an incestorer, um, that he is an adulterer, that he is just allowed to get out of jail after being 
arrested for how many counts of child pornography on his computer? Like, how did we become a, success, a society that allows this man to continue? To continue well, being on reality TV shows. I, I, <laughs> innocent until proven guilty. Come on. Oh, but he was proven guilty like multiple times. Oh, His sisters oh, oh, came out um, and said that he molested them. Four of his sisters said, yeah, he molested me, but my parents talked to us, and we're not going to press charges against him. He's going to go off and pray. Yeah. Yes, he was proven yeah. that he was on Ashley Madison cheating on his wife of seven kids. Yes, he got arrested by the FBI in April, this April, with how many proofs? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, you know this is this is this is the problem. Like we're always looking for a redemption story somehow, some way. Like you're gonna hear yeah. about Kevin Spacey. You know, Kevin Spacey's gonna end up getting a redemption story. Like everybody gets their second, third, fourth, eighteenth chance. He's no <sighs> different. I don't even know how this dude is famous to begin with, but at the end of the day. You know, that's what happens. That's what we do. We, we, we want a redemption story. We want some, something to feel good about. And, you know, we, we also went from, you know, six, eight months ago, everyone wanted to string up every child molester known to man. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, we're on this crusade yeah. to, to kill the child, the child molesters and, the, you know, the baby stealers and all this shit. And now here we are, you know, people are like, oh, you should give him another show, though, you know? Like, he, I feel like it would be good TV. <laughs> People, so he was people on, have really short uh, memories. Uh, 19 kids and counting. His mom yep. and dad, Jim, Bob, and Michelle. He's the oldest, and he has 18 brothers and sisters. Um, they all have a J name. And some of his siblings are the same ages as his kids. Um, but my point is, he was on that show, number one. Then when that show ended, it came out that he sisters were younger than him at the time. He sexually molested four of his sisters and a babysitter. Then he was on another reality TV show where they confronted him. And then since then, and no, okay, so that happened. And then the Ashley Madison thing happened. And then he had another reality TV show. And then the child uh, pornography charges where he was arrested April 24th of this year. So here's my point. This is why I wanted to mention it. This is why I'm, like, fired up about this. All of the same people saying, oh, my gosh, he just lost his way with God. Give him another chance. Are the same people that says, well, trans people shouldn't go in the bathroom because they're going to molest my daughter. Uh, well, what? You know, they're the same people all, that don't want their their children, their daughters, to play on sports with other trans girls because we're not sure what they're going to see in the locker room. We're not sure. You know, it's unfair that they are on the field with these these teams. I'm confused. I'll tell you what you see in there. You'll see the next Josh Dugar. You know banging his sister in there. Mm. That's what you're going to see. Probably. That's the problem. But God, you know. This, and they're going to look the other way. They're going to try to forget There you him. go. There you go. But not trans people. It's not let, they're not, they don't want us to have a happy life. They want him to have a happy life. 
with his seven kids and well, his because, wife, who's currently pregnant. Because the the golden rule doesn't apply when it conflict. Like this is the problem. Mm-hmm. Like using religion to support any mm-hmm. of these crazy notions that people have just ends up painting mm-hmm. you into a corner because you can't have it both ways. You can't do unto others as you would have them do unto you if you mm-hmm. treat them like shit. Like you want to be treated, like mm-hmm. maybe you do want to be treated like shit. But I don't think everyone, everyone that believes that, it can't, it can't be right, right? Right. Um, right. You can't love your neighbor as much as you love yourself if that's the kind of shit that you tell people. Like, I don't believe right. that you should have any of this right, or I don't believe you should be able to make this decision about yourself. Like, you don't – you know how hard it is to reconcile that in your own brain? I can't imagine that's an easy day to go through where you sit there judging everybody else based on these crazy notions of right and wrong, and then, and then you've got to go home and, like, like unpack that. Like, ah, I just told my neighbor I don't, uh, I don't love them as much as I love myself. Like, what am I supposed to do? Oh, I just got – you know, I just got to apologize to God and then I'll just go and do the same thing tomorrow. Like that's got to be a really tough life. Sort of. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they have that in them to sit there and self-reflect. No, I don't no. think that. I don't think so. I'm not going to give people that much credit. Sorry. I feel like people do shitty things. They think that they're in the right. And then they just move on. That's what I think. Because yeah. they judge not, let be judged. Know. Isn't that one? Yeah, that's 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 a passage in in their Bible. Um, whatever. Anyway, we're gonna hysterical. move on from him. Um, movie and TV review. Anything you watching currently? Uh, I watched. Uh, what is it? Jupiter Rising. Jupiter's Legacy? Legacy. Jupiter's Legacy. Yeah, that was on mm-hmm. uh, Netflix. You know, a little sci-fi, Josh Duhamel. Yeah, he's, you know, it was was, it it was entertaining. I, it was all right. It was all right. It was interesting. Okay. I, I think everything's interesting, though. That's the problem. Like, I'm so easily entertained. I just, I don't know if I should ever so give a review about? again. Uh, um, basically, uh, it's about these, it's about these, like, these, these people that, um, that become superheroes mm-hmm. and it explains both how they became superheroes and because when they initially became superheroes, it was right at the time of the great depression. Um, mm-hmm. and now it's present day and they've, they've, they've lived until this, until today. Um, it, it talks about their, if their code of ethics still applies today the same way it did back in the thirties. Hmm. So it's kind okay. of an interesting take in, in you know, they they deal with a little bit of the, the kind of the social milieu that's going on right now with hmm. I don't wanna I don't wanna get too far into it, but I'm gonna tell you that okay. they, 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 they dabble in some of the stuff that's happening right now in, in the world and how it like how it plays out and asking these like hmm. larger questions about how we interact with each other and if if the same rules apply. If the same rules will always apply for that matter. Sounds good. I do like me some Josh. I've loved him since he was on All My Children. Um, mm. Been a fan of his ever since. Um, so, yeah, I'll have to check it out. He posted about it on Instagram. Did you also hear Sidebar with Josh? Um, how do you feel about this? He actually, when he got the role, um, 
in Shotgun Wedding after Army Hammer left the project, mm-hmm. he got it. And so Josh emailed him and said, you know, this isn't the way I want to get roles. You know, I hope you're okay. I hope you get through what you're going through. What you're going through. And, and that's it. How do you feel about him um, emailing Army? Should he have? I, mean, I think it's a decent gesture. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's a very human gesture, and I think it's, you know, uh, where everyone no is, is quick to be. Yeah, everyone's quick to, to abandon ship and, you know, beat up Army. Yeah, Army's a little bit of a weirdo and whatever, you know, if he's eating people or whatever mm-hmm. the fuck he's doing, like, that's cool. Like, right. you, want to do, you do you, you know, that's your world. Um, and, you know, he's got to sort that out himself. But I agree with, with, with Josh that, you know, this isn't the way you want to get a role. You want to win mm-hmm. a role or you mm-hmm. want to become the person in that role because of your talent because of the right. attributes that you bring, you know, and, and I think that's fair. I think it's a fair thing to say, mm-hmm. and it's a fair thing to, to reach out to Army and let him know that, because if the mm-hmm. shoe were on the other foot, you'd probably want the same thing. And that's, that's right. what it always comes down to. Like, that, this is right back to what we were just talking about. Like, that's what you'd want people to do for you. Right. I agree. Reach out and see if you're okay, you know? Like, hey. And I think that is, says is, a lot about how Josh was raised, too, because... I probably would do the same thing, you know, like just, just, that's what I would want. You don't have to show support for me either way. You don't have to support me. You don't have to say I'm a piece of shit. Just a quick, you know, Hey, I got this part. I didn't, I don't feel completely right about it, but I just wanted to let you know, I hope whatever's going on in your life gets resolved and you get back to whatever you need to do. Yes. I, I do feel he shouldn't have shared it, though, um, just because I have, I have this theory. We overshare in our lives. There are some things that you and I talk about privately that I don't share on this show, that I don't post yes. online. Due to If they're asked a question, they give an answer, and then they're up shit's creek because this isn't the answer that's politically correct. Why not just say, I, I don't want to comment. I would rather look like a bitch than look like whatever someone's going to paint me on. Um, I don't know. I just, I think we overshare a little too much. I think. I, well, I didn't need to know he, uh, he, he emailed him. That's because we're now at a point where people are th- are saying that, uh, you know, where everyone thinks that honesty is the best policy, but they don't realize that there's mm. also some, <laughs> there's some restraint and moderation that should be one of the one of the caveats. And the thing is, your honesty is somebody else's twisted lie. So yeah. just remember that when you're telling some, some truth, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. Anything else you're watching? Or um, I don't know. I feel like I've watched so many things in the past week, though. Mm. Um, that's the only one that stood out. I think I finished watching mm-hmm. something else, too, but... Clearly, it wasn't anything epic. Oh, I did finish watching the 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 how to um, the robbery one at the Isabella Gardner Museum in Boston. It was oh, pretty okay. cool. Yeah, you were talking about that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. I, I, I'll I, have to check I, that I, out. Not, yeah, spoiler alert: they don't find all the art, so that kind of sucks. Mm, leave but it up for if the you knew the story, it's a it's a thirty year old story, 
So if like mm-hmm. you're not familiar with it already, like you, you know, mm-hmm. it's not. This isn't going to be earth shattering, but yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool what happened, and then nice. like they go down the rabbit hole and try to figure out who did it, and they, they're no closer than they were 30 years ago. Hmm. Um, I'm gonna check that out. I like that kind of stuff, but yeah. it's also like it's good. you just never know like who could have it. It could be your freaking neighbor. You never. It could be somebody in Massachusetts. It could be somebody in California. You have no idea who it could be. That's kind of interesting. It's like somewhere me. in like Saudi Arabia or some shit. Like they don't know. Could be. Could be. I um. Yeah. I started watching um, and I finished all of the scary movie movies. Um, they are funnier <laughs> than I remembered. I didn't watch two terrible. yet. I had to skip two because I paid for one. Three, four, and five were online. But I was like, I don't know if I want to pay for two. I really didn't like two that much. It's the, the only thing that I really loved about two was, take my hand, take my strong hand. That was like the only part of two that I loved. Um, otherwise, I just thought it was kind of stupid, to be honest with you. Um. Three was my favorite. They're all stupid, but they're all funny. Actually, you have to watch Five. Five is on Netflix. It is so funny. They basically do a mama meets paranormal activity. Oh, my gosh. It is so freaking hilarious. Simon Rex is back, and... Charlie Sheen makes the cameo. Lindsay Lohan makes the cameo. It is funny. Like, I was belly laughing. They did The Black Swan. They did um, Cabin in the Woods. Like, it was freaking hilarious. I was I was Love literally it. belly laughing. I highly recommend Scary Movie 5. Didn't even know there was a 5 until I was doing my research. Um. Trying to think what else I want. Oh, and then right now, so, um, I'm not going to really talk about it yet. I'm going to wait a little bit. But um, after the movie, and you're going to think I'm a total nerd, I don't even care. Judge me all you want. Um, When I found out that they were making a live-action version of Gem, the cartoon that I grew up on, my favorite cartoon of all time, I was so excited, and then that fucking movie came out, and it was terrible. Terrible. It was so bad. I watched it once, and I've never seen it again. And I was angry because the source material is amazing. So in my hubris, I sat down and I wrote a um, three-picture film series. And... I'm looking back on it now with my new much wiser and well-crafted writer eyes, and I'm like, oh, this shit is bad. So for the past couple days, I've been not only um, revising my script for Gem, um, all three. I'm doing all three. But I'm also watching Gem from start to finish. (laughs) That is the best cartoon ever. But at the same time, as an adult, I'm like, I, I think I went to my mother at some point a couple of years ago, and I said, why did you let me watch Jem? 
She's like, it's a cartoon. I'm like, yeah, it's super violent. Like, the, the misfits should have been in jail from day one. Girls, like, tried to run one over with a, lot, with a uh, bulldozer, uh, blew up someone's house. Like, these, this was a violent cartoon. Come to find out, they, the writers wrote it to appeal to girls and boys. So they got the girls with the fashion. They got the boys with the explosions and whatnot. I mean, I was obsessed with it. You probably yeah, I mean, it was don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I knew that was coming. I, like, yeah. knew that that was going to be your line. Yeah. Um, my sister. Anyways. Ah, here my we go. sister was I a big gem fan. Number two. Yeah. I knew I liked Kathy. So. Um, I'm I'm pawning it off on her that that's the only reason mm -hmm. why I watched Gem and the Holograms. Listen, mm -hmm. it was on. There's no way you you can avoid it. And if you were a boy growing up in the 80s or a girl growing up in the 80s, like you watch that shit. Like don't don't pretend. I know you you played with your teammates. Yeah, yeah, you watch that. You didn't give a shit. You watch whatever. Yeah, you watch whatever was on TV. (laughs) Yeah, true. Like, who even knows? Like, Smurfs, all right, you know that, like, there's just one female Smurf. Like, you know something fucked up's happening on Smurfs. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Whatever. I can't you're, not, you. you're not trying to, like, you're not trying to dial into that. Like, even, but Snorks, no. what the, what are, what are Snorks? How dare you? Like, you're just, how yeah, dare you disparage thing, like, that? That is Snorks. I'm not disparaging it. I'm just saying, like, what the fuck were those things? They were. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, but I that's what I'm saying. Snorks. Like they were, they were underwater creatures. But like you, you know this. Like if you want to say that those are snorkels that they have in the nose, and that's what they come. Okay, great. Yeah. But they, you can't, you can't swim underwater forever with just a snorkel. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that, but we're a kid and we love the snorkel. Why are you trying to ruin my childhood right now? I'm not. I'm not. These are just Who questions that have been long gone unanswered. I needed to. I needed to, to. I needed to wrap my brain around. But I'm sorry. You're right. So, Jem, truly outrageous. Yeah, I watched it. So what? Don't judge me. Live your life. <laughs> Only thing that I was. I, I'm like watching Jem, and I'm like, how did Rio kiss a hologram? And how did anybody let this man date two women at the same time that they knew? And nobody classic. said like Classic. Classic. <laughs> I understand the girls knew that Jem and Jerrica were the same. But he was dating two women who worked together. And the scandal. And how did the misfits avoid jail? Like, they did some of the well, most fucked up... There was this one point that they con- they got on a cruise ship, steered the cruise ship control, Jem fell overboard, could have died, didn't die, and then they went off laughing. <laughs> Bye, Jem. And then the Countess de Fossin says, I'm going to call the Coast Guard. And then Kimber says, no, it's okay. We'll get them back when, they, when we win the contest. Fuck that. Get them in jail. I was so confused. Yeah. As an adult, I'm confused. As a kid, I was like, those bad misfits, those little bitches. I hated the misfits. 
as a kid. Yeah, they caused as a lot adult, of trouble. As an adult, I'm like, the fuck? Ca- caused a lot. They broke laws. Like, I could yeah. as an adult. Yeah, they're doing, like, hard time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, women's prison, not even, like, I think that they would probably be with or in, on Orange is the New Black. They probably would be. The shit that they that's, did, oh, my God. Yeah, that, maybe that's I, a sequel to The Misfits. Maybe. I don't know. Um, <laughs> that's good writing right there. But I love the cartoon. I don't know. And I love the songs. The songs are so catchy. They're like two-minute songs, and you're just like singing all of them. I know all of them by heart. Of course, singing them badly. Um, so I wanted to get into this. What was your Eva Mendez moment the past two weeks? I know what mine was. I can't actually think I know what yours is. I have like a like a multi-tiered one that is part yeah. of you. You you know when we talked about this a lot, especially last week, uh, earlier in the week, um, into mm-hmm. you know even into to today, um, you know the the saddest part about having someone close to you, um, even if it was a childhood mm-hmm. friend or somebody that you maybe even have lost, you know. Uh, that same level That's of connection great. with over the course of time. Um, it, mm-hmm. the, the saddest part about that is obviously you never had that opportunity to reconnect. The mm-hmm. flip side of that is that you then do have those opportunities to see and talk to and have conversations with some other people that are peripherally mm-hmm. involved in that situation. And that is what happened. I lost, uh, you know, we lost a classmate of ours. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a very yeah. close friend of mine back in, you know, back in the day in, in middle school, you know, mm-hmm. I've, I've known him since second grade when we, we played soccer. His dad was our coach. Um, and, you know, I've known him since we were little kids and he passed away this, this past week on, on uh, Mother's Day. And it was really, really yeah. sad to think about. Um, it was sad yeah. to, to think about losing someone at, you know, at, at our age. Um, yeah. But, it allowed me to reconnect with one of my other really good friends from uh, mm-hmm. from the time. It allowed me to uh, to kind of go through the the process in uh, in thinking about and in, in dealing with you know having some a tragedy like that happen with with you, um, and then also mm-hmm. reconnecting with another old friend who um, who I had lost connection with after high school and had you know she had moved away, um, and then mm-hmm. bonus. I actually live very close to a, another one of our classmates who I plan what? on meeting up with for coffee, and I'm going to tell you that story later Aww. on. But it is, it is a, it's a phenomenal, like, it's one of those things where it's like it still allows you to, you know, to, to find those happy moments despite the, the, yeah. the sadness that's happening as a result of it. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And actually one of those friends, I, um, for my birthday week, one of our high school friends I actually had lunch with, and I told you about it already. The reaction I got from her when she saw me for the first time, she was, she just cried because she was so happy for me. Um, And it was like so amazing to feel her uh, love, feel her energy, feel our history together you know, as friends, and, yeah, I, I definitely have been connecting with um, classmates as well. 
But I have to say, my Eva Mendes moment was the, my, the week of my vacation, my staycation, I call it. I actually challenged myself to continue writing, and I ended up completing three screenplays in that week. And it just felt so, like, there was so much, like, weight lifted off me. Like, my first screenplay that I wrote last year, I was like, oh, well, this is a fluke. I'm never going to be able to find, like, my writing flow, my writing, you know, inspiration ever again. Because this had to have been a fluke. And then last week, or the week before, Boom, like that, three, three screenplays in one week. I was like, wow. So I've actually continued writing. Um, yeah, I'm on a kick. So that, that's that been my I love it. moment. And also, of course, the celebrities that <laughs> follow me and like my stuff. Um, I put up, a, um, this is probably the biggest celebrity that's ever liked anything I've ever done. I put up a video of myself with my 90210 paraphernalia. <laughs> um, listen, when I was a kid, I connected with two things, Clueless and 90210. I wanted to <laughs> be a Beverly Hills teenager. I wanted to be Brenda Walsh with Donna, Donna Martin's wardrobe. Um, but I also had a huge crush on Brandon, which was weird because Brenda and Brandon were twins. Um, so I put up this whole video showing, like, I have 90210 trading cards. I have 90210 um, playing cards. Yes, there was a 90210 playing card game. I have 90210 photos. I had to Cheerios for, like, a month, pick off the cereal box bottoms, and then mail it in. And I got signed autographed photos. You're judging. I can hear it. And I put this up on Twitter or on um, TikTok. Tori Spelling fucking liked it. I was like, yes, Donna Martin loves me. Um, yeah. And I have a 90210 t-shirt, by the way, that I just bought off Amazon. So that was like a whole moment for me. Um, yeah. <sighs> anyway, before we move on, it I, is, it, I just realized. Tori Spelling. Didn't you say, didn't you say you had more? Um, more moments that you no no, no it's just layers layers oh, upon layers on there. got it like uh, a seven layer cake um, that's right so I want to give a couple shout outs um, the first shout out I want to say happy belated birthday to Brian Moo who as everybody knows I interviewed for this podcast he is a personal friend last time I saw Brian was last summer he was in town with his girlfriend. He did a um, comedy comedy show, and I watched him. He's hilarious. Um, if you don't know who he is, look up Unhung Hero. Uh, his brother, Pat, um, did this whole documentary where he proposed to his girlfriend at the time, but she dumped him because he has a small penis um, on, like, at a basketball game on the Megatron. She, like, dumped him. And for some weird reason, Brian and I, years and years ago, became friends. And, yeah, still friends to this day. So 
happy belated birthday, Brian. He's still a comic. He has his own radio show, and he lives in Texas with his girlfriend, and I think they have, like, a couple dogs. Um, but, yeah. And then another shout-out, going back to our classmates, um, Katie Sherwood's birthday is today. And um, Oh, wow. Katie, yeah, she um, – I grew up with Katie. She was, she lived like down the street from me. She was, when I was growing up, she was one of my best friends. Um, we would play dress up. We would play Barbies. We'd play dress up with her mom's clothes, just to let you know. Um, her mom was a little shorter than me, so I hated playing dress up with her because her dresses would go like w- way too far up on me. It didn't look right. So um, I didn't like playing dress up in her mom's clothes. But... <laughs> Um, we would play Barbies nonstop and we would play, play outside and stuff. And her brother, Adam was a friend of mine as well. Um, Adam was one of my best friends as well. Um, yeah, Katie actually, I don't remember the year, but she had, uh, she's taken her own life a couple years ago, I guess. Um, she just wasn't in a good place and I don't think about her all day, every day, but at some point during the day, I think about her. Um, Also, God, this is like going to be so depressing. Saturday marked the five-year or six-year, excuse me, anniversary that my other friend, Mike, died. Um, Michael, he just, for some reason, he just died. There was nothing like, he wasn't a drug user. He wasn't he just died and no one really knows what happened. Um, I met him when I was in Boston and at first, of course, classic, I had a crush on him and we just became best friends. And I went to a concert. I will never forget this. We went to see Gwen Stefani. And to this day, every time I see Gwen Stefani, I think of him because we had such a good time at the concert. He brought his sister. He brought his other friends. I got to meet them. And, yeah, so it was, it's was been a melancholy weekend for me. That's why I'm trying to, like, watch Jim and be in a good mood, even though I'm overanalyzing the cartoon. Um, but, yeah, happy <laughs> birthday to um, Brian and Katie. And think about Mike every day. Um, yeah. Your shout-out, go right ahead. Hopefully they're happier than mine. <laughs> uh, no, oh, my, my shout out is is, is an homage, and and uh, I think it's uh, it goes to uh, just come kind, of kind of the special week that I had. It was shout mm-hmm. out to uh, number one to class of '94. Um, yeah. We lost, you know, we lost that we lost a good one, but you know, hopefully this is, um, you know, an opportunity to make sure that we reconnect with those people that, mm-hmm. um, you know, have meant, have meant something over the course of years. And, um, especially during some of those formative years, um, you know, it's, yeah. uh, hopefully there's an opportunity to reconnect. Um, Agreed. and also shout out, shout out to, uh, to my brother and sister. It was awesome to have my mm-hmm. sister and my nephew up from Georgia. And it's always awesome to have my brother out, um, uh, with my other nephew out to visit, um, so shout out to them for making the trek to uh you know, to come visit me in the hood. It was a very uh, very pleasant really? little Sunday afternoon 
Sunday afternoon. Yeah, you know, you know, you know I will. No, you don't roll. Not a joke. Guys, don't believe him. He is not. Oh, my God. Anyway. Not hood. Good, um, good shout out. Any final words before we sign off for the day? Um, no, I just think, you know, we're, um, you know, we're, we're really close, everybody. We're really close. Mm -hmm. The, the, the mask mandate will be lifted soon enough everywhere that you can, you know, imagine it. Um, but still, you know, focus on, uh, focus on your friends, focus on your family, focus on everybody around you that you can help and get us to the finish line. Be safe out there. I agree 100%, but I also want to apologize to um, the Asian community because for the longest time I thought you, every time I saw an Asian person with a mask at a tea stop, I was like, that's so weird. I understand now. I get it. I'm sorry. I judge you. I will never judge you again, ever. Holy shit. Um, I, Wow. Mm. I get it now. I mm. get it. Um, also, this month is, okay, I always screw up. Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. Is that it? A-A-P-I. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Um, so happy. And it's also Mental Health Awareness May. So make sure that we Asian hate, but also check your mental health to make sure that you are doing what you need to do to ensure that you're happy every moment of every single day because you deserve it. And, so. and Eid Mubarak, everyone celebrating Ramadan. It's over. Eid Mubarak. Hope everyone, uh, everyone all of my Muslim friends out there have, uh, you know, have had a, a, a great weekend. You're awesome. Thank you once again for joining me and giving your opinion and educating me. You're awesome. You don't know that. Blah, 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 blah. Um, <laughs> I love him, guys. I really do love him. I do. I do. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great Sunday. Have a great week. And we will talk to you later. Bye, everybody. Bye. Still thirsty for more tea? Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Spilled Tea PC. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Spilled Tea.